This is Craig Hosteller, and I'd like to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. This is episode number 19. That's right, 19. Uh, Thank you for hanging out with me on the podcast. You know, I know 19 doesn't seem like a huge number, and it's not, but I heard an interesting statistic, I don't know, within the past few days that most podcasts make it to episode 11. And that's when the podcaster decides uh, to call it quits. And so here we are at 19, and uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're celebrating that, right? You and I, we're, we're celebrating this. So thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for uh, following me on social media, for interacting. And I love that you and I are part of the conversation. So, yeah, and I have several interviews already done, downloaded, saved to the iPad Pro. And um, so the Black Sheep experience is, you know, at least going to make it to 20-something. No, man, we're, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep on going. I, I totally love doing this. I love being part of the discussion. All right, I have a great podcast for you today phenomenal podcast for you today. Before we jump into that, let me say this. Now, when I started the podcast, there was an investment initially in the equipment required to do it. And so that broke the budget, right, for uh, advertising. You've never seen an ad for the Black Sheep Experience. You've never seen a sponsored post. Uh, It's not within the uh, Black Sheep Experience financial structure (laughs) so in lieu of that and i brought this up before here's something huge that you can do like us and follow us on your social media platforms instagram twitter facebook right uh like us on all those interact with us on those and share us on your personal pages let people know you're listening to the black sheep experience share episodes on your platforms facebook instagram twitter i know it seems a little bit inconsequential but actually it's a huge deal it makes a uh, an incredible difference and it's free and it's simple and I just need you to do it. So, if you would, man, I would sincerely appreciate that. Okay. So, I have, a, I have a great podcast for you today. Today on the podcast, I have the Inglorious Pastors. Now, if you don't know these guys, you should. They are. They have a huge podcast, really. Um, it's a pretty popular podcast. They're hilarious. They're insightful. And they're just great guys. And I, I desperately wanted them to be on my podcast, and they were kind enough to do it. And I think it turned out uh, really great. Now, you will notice about halfway through the conversation uh, a pause, right? a blank spot. Well, we were doing this by Skype, and our connection was severed. But, man, we jump right back into the conversation. But if you notice something weird there, that's what happened. 
if you're interested in checking these guys out, man, um, they're on all social media stuff, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find the podcast, I'm sure, on iTunes and other platforms. And you can also find them at Inglorious Pastards, which is T-E-R-D-S dot com. Uh, I think you're going to dig this, man. I, I This was a fun episode. I absolutely love these guys. Also, uh, in case they're listening, they promise to come back at any time. So, man, you know we're going to take them up on that. All right, guys, let's head into that. Uh, here on the Black Sheep Experience, the Inglorious Pastors. Hey everybody, welcome to the Black Sheep Experience, and I have with me today, um, gosh, man, just these brilliant podcasters, (laughs) the Inglorious Pastors. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey! So the podcast is built upon lies then, is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. Why stop now, you know what I mean? So man, I have been listening to you guys for um, a while now, I gotta tell you, um, uh, you guys are hilarious, man. I have so much fun listening to you each week. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. <laughs> well, maybe a few things. <laughs> maybe a few th- There is that one thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I just thought I'd talk to you a little bit about how you guys kind of got where you're at today and um, tell you a little bit, I guess, about where, where I'm at and just, you know, have a have a conversation. So... Now, this is three years. You guys have done this for three years, right? Oh, man. We're coming up on our third anniversary. Yeah. Uh, March. In March. Jeez, yeah. yeah. End of March. Yep. Yeah, so that should be... And you got a big shindig or something planned, don't you? We do. We have a third year celebration in Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, we do it. We used to do it on the 50s, and then 50s started creeping into Christmas time, and we're just like, we can't. Plus, it's balls cold in Indiana. Yeah. January, so. It still is in March, but yeah. it's not near. It, the chances in March either it's going to be freezing cold or we're going to get hit by a tornado. Yeah. Those are the options. Yeah, yeah. I'm only about. I'm just right outside of St. Louis, so I, I, our, our weather's probably not that different. Probably uh, not. Probably not. So, other than that, and um, and not having Richard Rohr on the podcast, uh, <laughs> what, <laughs> what else is going on in 2019? Anything? Well, we might have Richard Rohr. Who knows? Lord willing. It's we, a, we do have an in. We do. On that, We've got a couple in that ends. respect. So. The, the, we're in talks. So. <laughs> our, people, our people are getting with their people. <laughs> yes. we're, we're busy erasing our entire catalog. Yes. <laughs> before we, before right we make the pitch to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going well, through and editing everything. <laughs> yes. All our episodes are five minutes long. <laughs> Yeah, that that'd be about all that's left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, so I, Richard Rohr's awesome. I, um, I've only so I've only got. Well, you guys will actually be like my nineteenth episode. So um, I'm in that weird, uh, I guess, place where I need uh, I need a prominent guest to like go to the next level, but I don't have the numbers to get the prominent guest. So. <laughs> sloppy seconds yeah indeed uh our, in our experience asking is the best is the best way to do yep. it like you'd be surprised how many people would say yes yeah so. yeah i guess so but you know whenever they're whenever they say like um so so 
like how many who have you had on the how on the show you know and it's like yeah here we go you know i just make it up <laughs> i did uh, that's yeah. how i get you guys on i think the, the ghost of bob martley he came on it was great Got the Dalai Lama next week <laughs> yeah there you go i had jay baker on so that that was a you know that that's a good one yeah. i think yeah. yeah he's a good dude we had him on too he's a good, yeah, good guy oh he's so good he's so cool man yeah yeah really a good guy so yeah, anyway, um, you you know, so I pastored for like 20 years uh, before I got like just totally burnt out and frustrated with the whole thing. And you guys kind of went through that, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I had a burnout episode, so. Yeah, that's, I don't know, man, that whole church thing. I, you know, you do it for so long, and then it seems like there just comes this point where you're like, no, I just not just like one thing but there's like so many things that i was just like i i just can't do this anymore you know what i mean <laughs> it's, it's, it's death by a million pin pin bricks yes is what it is just yeah. it's just little tiny things here and there that just start to add up and they start to overwhelm what i found in my experience they start to overwhelm all the good things that are actually happening because inevitably there's always good things happening i mean i had some great kids we were reaching out to marginalized students and and it just was a thousand pinpricks that kept of negativity that just kept piling up, and it got to the point where you know Brad burned out. I got fired. Um, I Michael got, was collateral damage. I retired. So Michael hitched his cart to the wrong to the horse. wrong horse. Yeah, Michael hitched his <laughs> to my horse, and that that worked out well for totally. everybody. No, you know, it's out. like it's like I think a lot of ministers, you get to the point where it just doesn't church just isn't really doing it for you anymore. But then you have to get up every Sunday and pretend, pretend like that it does. Yeah. And then try to get other people to admit that it's doing something for them. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I just, I don't know. I just wonder, I know, well, not I wonder. I know how many pastors are out there that are just totally faking it. And I don't mean necessarily faking belief or anything like that, but like. Oh, I think there are definitely some. Well, there are some, but yeah. I mean, like, I just, I just mean like there are some that are just, they're just. They have nothing left. Like they well, just have, they have nothing to say. They've got nothing. They're, they're left asked to, to preach. Give. They're asked to preach fifty-two weeks a year. Yeah. To lead Bible studies, to lead Sunday schools. Yeah. To, I mean, there was a time in youth ministry where I was doing like three or four lessons a week. Yeah. Like yeah. You, you can't sustain that. Like that's I was not doing, I was doing two to three lessons a week. Plus, I had to lead worship yeah. for the adults and the students. Yeah. And I had to do a child, the children's program. Yeah. And coordinate all that. Yeah. It's no wonder I completely. Yeah. Flamed you out. can't. You can't do that. Yeah. And there's no. There's no great exit strategy either. No. I mean, what are you going to do yeah, after this? I know. You know. Yeah. I worked at Macy's for a while. Sometimes your house is tied up in this. Your your. Oh, your, your livelihood was. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's all just. It's all in one bundle, and there's no like good exit strategy and not only that but once you get out what are you going to do mm-hmm. yeah and that's why a lot of guys stay in it way longer than they should is they don't have there is nothing else to do yeah I mean, no, there is no exit strategy there's no, you either go sell cars like i tried for or three months or, something. or you sell insurance yeah. or you go work in a factory which again that's all fine it's all fine but yeah. it there's always going to be a pay cut involved and yeah. when you have two kids or however many kids you have and a wife and a house and two cars and I mean, well you know at the end of the day you've got to put like a bible college degree on your resume and it's useless it's useless yeah plus you yeah. know your your whole identity's tied up in it yes. you know what i mean like yeah, that's all 100% yeah. yeah it's weird because i you know whenever i finally got out which you know it's funny because i used to drive to church and I drive past, you know, all these little restaurants, and and people are in there eating breakfast, and I'm like, God, I would rather yeah. be in there doing that than yeah. this yep. damn place I'm going to. Yeah, and, I totally get uh, it. 
But then, you know, afterwards, first of all, everybody's like, okay, so so what are you going to do now, right? Because you're you're supposed to be missional, basically. But, you know, for 20 years I was Pastor Craig, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, uh, that's gone. That guy. Yeah, that <laughs> guy. guy. Yeah. That's a trip, yeah, I totally man. I get it. Yep. It's a, it's a weird thing because, you know, for people that go into ministry – you know, I I don't even know what the word call means anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know that that's the language that pastors use. Oh, I use a it. lot. Yeah, I use sure. it too. I'll tell you what it is. It's your ego telling you. you well, maybe. No, I don't maybe. know that that's I, always that's, true. But that's not the case. That wasn't yeah. the case for me. I definitely felt like I was supposed. Like, to maybe be. it is now, but <laughs> I was. I definitely felt like I was supposed to be in ministry. But <laughs> yeah, like, I so too. call it. Make that say that that's a call or whatever. But you have this thing, and like you're taught that. When you have this call from God, this is an irrevocable thing. Yeah. And so you go to college, and if you go to like a Christian college or Bible college, that's reinforced. And so your entire, like you said, your entire identity is wrapped up in this because this is my call from God. Well, how do you quit your call from God? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's, there's the guilt that goes with it. There's uh, you second and third and fourth guess yourself. You. You know, am I doing the right thing? Does God even is God angry with me now because I thought I was supposed to be doing this forever? You know, and it's and so all of that's wrapped up, and people just don't. I don't. You know, people unless you're in it don't understand that. No, no, they don't. And I would even I, I, back to back up a little bit. You know, there's there's part of ministry that people don't understand, and there's the you know with the burnout and stuff. Like there's a, there's a soul piece involved yes. in this. Like I think we all ran into this, or Brad and I more specifically because we were. In, you know, quote unquote, paid vocational ministry with elder boards and all that. These guys work, you know, they work in, you know, high paying jobs and they're all business leaders and yeah. all that. And they do their, you know, they put their 60, 70 hours a weekend and all yeah. that. And that's all fine. And there's a certain exhaustion that goes with that. But with ministry, there's not only the, the time involved, the physicality involved, the emotional involved, the mental involved, but there's a spiritual aspect to it. And that tank doesn't fill up very quickly. Nope. It takes a long time to fill it. That tank will drain quick, but it will not fill up quick. And, and nobody realizes that. And so when you burn out, people are like, oh, you've only, you're only in the office like 30 hours this week. Well, yeah, but I was also counseling students 20 hours this week at my house. I went yeah. to a soccer game. I went to a cheerleading competition. I yeah. went to a band thing. Like I literally spent 80 hours yeah. a week doing this, and it was all soul-level stuff. Yeah, and you're on call all the time. You're on yes. call. Yeah. Always. Yeah, and that, that's a killer, man. And I, I don't know exactly what – your background is but so i was uh credentialed through the assemblies of god okay. so it was a you know it was a holy rollers yeah 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 it was a pentecostal experience type yeah. thing you know and and plus all Stop the for jesus absolutely man you're right that's right <laughs> that's right and uh uh and, and then we had all the um you know, there's a lot of moral things that go along with that. And, and one of the big ones that we had, which um, I don't know where you guys came from, but, you know, the drinking thing was just like it, it was hard because, you know, we live. First of all, we live, you know, in, in the 2000s. So you, you'd talk to a, a try to get a worship leader, which is, you know, the worst interviewing process in the world. <laughs> Hey, play us a song there, buddy. Oh, you can name your repertoire besides Chris Tomlin. Just curious. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that'd That's be right. like uh, Maranatha music, yeah, probably. Maybe. Oh, what did you guys played something last week? I can't remember what. Oh, it was. In the secret. Oh, yeah. In the secret. Play, baby. 
Yes, in the secret. And I was listening to that. I was like, this song really is stupid. I didn't realize this is the stupidest song in the world. Yeah, it's amazing when you what step back. What were you guys back. listening to? What kind of songs were you listening to that we'd know? Oh, we did all that we did in the secret. We did, um, oh, um, what is that? Uh, no, I want to know you more is in the secret, right? Yeah. I don't know, man. I've, I haven't listened to that stuff in three years now. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably the better for it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're still singing all the same songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's but just it. God, I mean, you guys have like a, you know, an hour and a half long worship set, but like three songs, right? That yeah, pretty that much. Works, yeah. Tambourines, flags, trumpets. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have a break, and you'd go through the break for like five minutes, and then you'd come back to the bridge and nail the chorus. Oh, you could do that forever. <laughs> Man, speak. I know this is totally off topic. It's like Maybe fish. it isn't, but uh, yeah, it's just like fish. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's uh, the fish version just of worship. God or the or the fish of Christian. Yeah. Christian. I remember Christian. I went to a worship conference one time, and we. All three of us came from like a completely non-charismatic background. It was yeah. independent Christian church, so it's boring as hell. Yeah, if and you raised your hands for Jesus, it was just like you were chest you level. Were, you yeah, T-Rex, 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 T-Rex. T-Rex. So, but you know, well, we used uh, only one hand. Right, right. Yeah. Two hands were for the hardcore. It's like, oh man, this is a mountaintop so, experience. Well, I went, and it was uh, it was Matt Redman and Sonic Flood, uh-huh. and. Somebody broke out a trumpet, and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" And I mean, somebody like, "Yeah, out. yeah." And there were people running up and down the aisle with flags, and I was like, "Tambourines, oh, dude, what is going on yeah. right now?" I had no clue because that was not in uh-huh. any way, shape, or form in our universe. Well, when we led worship, up. when we had a, uh, we started, did a church plant for a little bit. Terrible idea. Oh no, the homeless um, guy. We had a homeless guy who would show up with a with a full <laughs> set of harmonicas, so funny. Oh. and he'd use the wrong key. Yep. Yeah. And he would just he. Like while we were doing worship, he would literally break out one of his random harmonicas and just start jamming to us in the wrong key. It, it was. It, 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 this isn't in, in the front. In, in the, the front. front. And this is a church at the time. We probably had twenty five people. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So awkward. it was. It was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty That's awkward. the worst. It was, awesome it was. It was pretty great, but also super awkward too. Yeah. <laughs> we also want people to come back. I mean, you really can't tell the homeless guy don't play your harmonicas. I yeah. Mean, well, I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah. Though. Well, <laughs> we did, but you can't. It's a little distracting. <laughs> Oh man, those are terrible. See, now you guys don't you didn't you didn't have the experience of somebody giving a message in tongues in the middle of your of your service. And no. were you guys even saved? One time I uh come right on Yeah. And I led worship at a, another church here in town just like I don't know, I guess worship leader I was I there? Uh you might have been. Well, I think you'll I was. know if I was if you were there. They flags? brought yeah, they brought up the flags. Yep. And they were oh, dating. yeah. Like, I, I'm like starting the first song, and somebody walks up to the front, and there's like this big barrel up front, and they start digging through it. Next thing I know, there's like five people in like a a stretch of people doing just worshiping with flags, dancing around like it's freaking yeah nut nutcracker and Macy's <laughs> Thanksgiving Day Parade. I've <laughs> seen all that. You know, it's funny because I came to church one morning. I walk in the sanctuary, and all along the the altar are all these little banners and flags. Now I've been through that before, so I knew, and I thought, okay, I got to get rid of these things and and hide them or something, because that's that is oh, that's a trip. So now, but I got a question here. So you guys could drink? You could no, always? No, God, no, no. no. Well, when we, we had our when we, we had our church, we weren't Catholic. Yes. 
we, yeah, when we had our church plant, <laughs> only, only had, the Catholics drank because we were in charge and we did what we wanted. But um, we we were I can't my my parents don't want me to drink in front of them either. So it's yeah we were raised in non drinking families, non drinking churches. Yeah, pretty looked down upon. So parents, that's such a big part of what you guys do now. So how did you get there? Yeah, that's the reason why though. That, yeah, <laughs> so, that, so that is very that's the very reason why is because. When we were doing the podcast, we were like, we need to be able to weed out the suckers. So our very first segment is, what are you drinking? Um, and we talk about what we're drinking. And people will know from then on there, we at least get rid of that group of people who... Yeah, if you're not okay with this, the rest of the podcast, yeah. not going to go very well for Just you. Just go ahead and move along. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, so we were not allowed to drink at all. We couldn't have, you know, I mean, they actually, that's one of their big things is t- total abstinence. So... Just to let you know how much of a of a of a hypocrite I am, so we we went to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. Yes, uh, it's the coolest town. You get you got to go. It's really awesome. It's really this eclectic, interesting place. So anyway, we go there. My wife and I. We're still pastoring, and we're sitting on this in this restaurant balcony. And this lady walks by with a tray of chocolate martinis. <laughs> That sounds good. <laughs> so we're sitting there. My wife goes, uh, hey, you think we should get a couple of those? And uh, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God, we can't do this. We can't do this. But then I, I said, yeah, I, th- I think we should. So we got a couple, and then we got a couple more. But now, remember, we haven't, we haven't had anything to drink in like 20 years. And then we got a couple more. And all of a sudden, I realized I, I got to go to the bathroom, man. <laughs> So I get up and I turn, but the room doesn't stop when I do. It just keeps oh, turning. Boy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the rest yeah, that's of That's a bad feeling, man. It so wasn't good. At the 100th episode. Oh, God. <laughs> Matt was so freaking trash. Yeah. I can't believe we let him drive. Oh, well, we, well, well, you we did. didn't really. No. I drove him home. But, oh, you did. Yeah. yeah, he drove me home. Yeah, I'm his brother and I was ready to murder room by the time we got and I was like just shut up yeah we've, we've all been there that's, that's not a great feeling no that's the worst but uh, especially when you lay down and close your eyes and everything keeps spinning yeah. that's oh, a bad thing terrible but yep. I didn't give up we, we kept trying so yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Push through to the end. That's right. Yeah. Drink yourself sober. It's a great. Uh, Absolutely, great I'm, a, I'm a soldier, man. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, we. I mean, we love we uh, here where we live. There's and you probably you guys probably have them too. But there's tons of wineries, and of course the craft oh, yeah. beer oh, thing yeah. is so huge. But yep. it's funny because you know we have such a good. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but we have such a good time at those places. And you just wonder, like, well, what was the big problem with this? Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't one. Yep. Yeah. And there's so many of those it's like things. It's community. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I don't know. The whole thing just, for, for me, and I'm, I've got a long way to go. My deconstruction process is still kind of unfolding. Um, how did the, how did you guys begin that? I mean, you kind of had some camaraderie where it's, it's sort of just my wife and I, but... How did that process go for you? Well, I think for Brad and I, we had each other, especially when you, when you left college. Yeah. And when it diminished, you were, what, three years behind me? Yeah. Were you I, drinking then, though? No, we weren't no. drinking, but just deconstruction. Like I started okay. drinking before Matt did. I was probably a year into my youth ministry before I started. But even then, it was just like an occasional beer that I would hide in my closet. Yeah. Um, but, you no, know, I mean, like... I mean, deconstruction is just slow. Like, it, yeah. it should be. I mean, you know, you're talking about 
essentially the ground being shot out from underneath you. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so like everything that, you know, you're constantly, you know, you're constantly, I, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe a better way to say it, the way I've always thought about it with myself is, you know, you spend your entire life building at you, having other people build a house of cards for you of your faith. So you've got these different pieces, these different beliefs and components, and they're built up into this like edifice. And then, so you're also then taught how to build a protective wall around that so that nothing can shatter it. Nothing can Would blow it over. Or a hedge of protection. Yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. My so build your foundation on solid ground. Right. Yes, absolutely. Or was it um, well, solid? apparently it was sand. Um, so, you know, and then, so then when you start, you know, like I, I've talked about it on the podcast. I don't know if you've listened to that. Ep- I I don't even remember what episode, but I've talked about it a couple of times where it started for me with sitting in my office as a pretty as a new youth minister, and I was thinking about Mother Teresa. I was started reading some stuff by uh, Catholics like Merton and mm-hmm. Teresa of Avila, Saint John of Merton the Cross, like entrance for us. Um, and then I started thinking about Mother Teresa, and I'm like, you know, by my theology of, of the independent Christian church, like, she wasn't immersed in baptism. She was sprinkled, so she's probably in hell. And I was like, yeah, I don't – that that can't be right. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's where it started with me. It was just that small. So there's a card that gets removed. Yeah. And yeah. so then you go, well, okay, so, like, what else then? Yeah. Yeah. And you just slowly start finding these cracks and these things of going, that – doesn't make any sense. Literal seven days of creation. Are you serious? A lot of it. Like, a lot of it is. That doesn't make any sense. A lot of it is just things that you've sort of, have sort of rattled around that you've never given any credence. You never let them get to the front of your brain. Yeah. But you finally give them space and go. Okay, I'm going to actually ask this question. Yeah. Well, well you, well, you've been told to to have faith. If you question God, you don't have enough faith, and that's 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 where they get you. Is you're not allowed to question because if you start to question God or any aspect of the church, then you say, um, "Well, it's a slippery slope." Yeah, slippery slope. And you're backsliding. You're you know you don't have enough faith. Yeah. You know it, it's and you get in a dangerous spot where um, you're literally just plugging your ears to like. Logic, but I will say this to your listeners: the slippery slope actually is a slippery slope to freedom. <laughs> Believe it or not, yep, it's a slip and slide to yeah, freedom. It's a slip and slide to freedom. It really is. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, our deconstruction was, I mean, f- fifteen years probably. Yeah. I mean, and ultimately, I don't think it's ever really ended. Like, it's a constant deconstruction, reconstruction. Yeah. Um, and I think it's more <clears throat> reconstruction now than anything. Like, I've really torn down everything I could probably yeah. tear down at this point. Um, but now it's a process of rebuilding something that, you know, moving the good furniture back in that I want to keep um, and getting rid of the things I don't and maybe renaming things or finding new language for things. And I think my deconstruction, a lot of it was just finding new language for stuff um, yeah. or, or at least finding language for things that my brain had been sort of chewing on, ruminating on for a while. Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I went through is, um, and, and it always sounds funny, um, I was, um, in fact, I I kind of talked about it with uh, with uh, Jay Baker when he was on. Did I mention I had Jay Baker on? Yeah, you did. Okay. Right? Weren't you going to have the Dalai Lama on? I was. Yeah, he's next. Yeah, he's coming on. Yeah. One of his dad's apocalypse buckets, too. We totally did. No, somebody bought it for us. Yeah, someone bought us that apocalypse. It was It was pretty gross. It was gross. Yeah, it was pretty gross. Well, so. You expect out of a bucket full of dried food. It was called the Fiesta bucket. Yeah. 
It was bad news. Boy, was it a fiesta. It was not a, it not was a party. A not, a, not a party in anyone's mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so one of the things I went through, which was really weird, is for, for me to move on um, and, and have any kind of... Because I, I thought about, and, and I think it's probably normal, it's like, okay, is there even a God, you know? And, and then the thing I went through was like, okay, God, um, I'm going to forgive you for all the ways that you failed me. And I know some people might think like, God, you, you kidding me? You can't, you can't, God didn't fail you, but you know, it, it really felt that way. And so I kind of had to go through that process of, of forgiving God. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. So I had to what go I, through that whole thing. Is, what I would say is that it, it was more or less a, a failing of what your idea of who God was. Absolutely. That's not necessarily yeah, failure of your theology isn't the same as failure with God and that's man that takes a long time to get to that point to realize mm-hmm. that um, you know we're all taught that we've got you know that we that your theology is correct yep. right I mean whether it's assembly of God independent Christian every group ours is right your definitely isn't not the assemblies of God <laughs> yeah, for sure you know, like every group is like we're we've got it like and so what you're what you're taught is that your theology is God right yes like, that's who God oh, is sure. and only that's only that's all God is yeah. and so yeah of course like you know when you start tearing all that down you sort of lose you know you do sort of wonder maybe there isn't a God and I don't know maybe, maybe there's not I don't know you know, but like it, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, but like, you, you lose your God loses his identity, yes. and then you in turn lose a little bit of your identity because it's so wrapped up in who you thought God was. You, you kind of realize what you know. Richard Rohr says, "If like we all create God in our own image, mm-hmm. yeah." And you realize just how much of your ego is wrapped up in what you think about God, and just how much God looked just like you. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? yeah. like, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. He, he, God believes everything that I believe, and yeah. then you start tearing that down and going, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Jesus wasn't a white Anglo-Saxon Republic. <laughs> exactly. You mean he wasn't a wasp? Wait, what? <laughs> well, everything is surround. I mean, we're so, you know, and I hate when people are like, "Oh, the American Church." You know, I, I, I hate that, but there is some truth to that. In that, you know, it's like when gay marriage was legalized, and. um I, and I'm sure you guys heard it too, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, whoever. I'm not, I guess I won't name names, but uh, there's one guy in particular that drives me nuts, and his dad was a famous evangelist. But anyway. Yeah, hi, Frank Graham. You suck. There. I suck for you. <laughs> there you go. You kind of go either way, but yeah, really. So, so I show up for church, and, 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 and the congregation is expecting me to have this like apocalyptic thing, you know, about what's going to happen to the U.S. now. And uh, instead, it's like, you know, we're like the ninth or tenth nation in the world. So when he starts knocking those out, one, two, three, four, then then we'll worry about it. But but right now, we've got a long... <laughs> it's actually a great strategy. Yeah. No, we're like ninth on the list. We're good. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> He's got to go through nine other people or, or nations before he gets to us. And, and we could change. We can... Finland and like, we're good. Yeah, we got time, you know. So, but you know, it's that whole thing of like, okay, well, now heaven's pissed off. Now it's a, it's just weird how we we, yeah, our theology and who, who we see God, 
I don't know. That that becomes more important than the way anybody else sees or experiences God. And that's where all the questions get lost. You know, for me, one, the biggest stumbling block, and still is, and, and, you know, lost probably every, you know, so-called friend over it was, I'm almost 50 years old. I'll be 50 in March. But as you get older, you realize, man, life is freaking, God, it's so damn hard to, to be yep, alive. Yep. yep. And... You're telling me at the end of this whole thing, I got to figure out all this God stuff or I burn in hell forever. Right. And nobody can agree on which stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's like every denomination's going, no, it's this stuff you have to do. And no, oh, okay. Well, but the people down the street, that was another part of my deconstruction. It kind of went along yeah. with the Mother Teresa stuff was like, Oh, my Methodist family's fine. Right. Well, I mean, we had a Methodist church literally a block away and yeah. they were really good decent people yeah. like i knew some people there they yeah. were nice and it was like wait a second uh-huh. they are saying it one way the baptists are saying it another we're saying it another they say you have to do this and you, you have to be sprinkled they're saying you have to be immersed they're saying all you do is say a freaking prayer like i mean like that can't be possibly be true like a god that is so that if, if god is big enough to create the universe how can God be that petty and tiny and small to go, mm-hmm. well, it's just this denomination that has it right? Well, and you're ignoring all the scripture. Christ is all I and mean, is in all. Like, you're ignoring yeah. that. The divine is literally yes. in every yeah. single aspect of the cosmos, and you have to ignore all of that. Yeah. And go, now the Methodists, they're going to burn because they sprinkle it, you know, newborns and whatever. Yeah. I'll be the heretic here. Um, so, uh, that, you know, that. That avalanches into other religions as well. Yes. What's how are we different than than um, Muslims? Um, how are we different from Buddhists? Because you were born are, in Indiana. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, the, I think Christians would be much better off if they would just have that humble admission that if I was born in Riyadh, I'd be a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Like if I was born in 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 Calcutta, Mumbai, or yeah. whatever, like I would yeah. be a Hindu. Yeah. You would be. Yeah. Like, there's no question about yeah. that. You know, if you were born in Russia, you're probably an atheist. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you were born in Mexico, you're a Catholic. Yeah. The, yeah. It really does depend. Like, the, really the only difference between so many of us is just we, some people were born in this country and others were born other places. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess that's part of the t- thing, too, is, like, you're – the way you're raised and the culture that you're surrounded in. If if you've got somebody whose parents are extremely religious, Christian religion, right? Extremely hardcore. And I'm talking about abusive and domineering and dictatorial. And then you grow up and you're like, screw that. I'm done with it. I'm out of the house. I'm so, and then you get to heaven and God says, well, you know, it's too bad. I mean, I know you got screwed on the religion deal early on in your life, but, uh, you know, I gave you another 30 years to figure it out. I guess right. you're going to have to go to hell. And I, then we have the and then we have the audacity and the balls to talk about and preach about grace. Yeah. Yeah. On top the, of that. The universe yeah. is 13.77 billion years old, but what you do in the 70 years you have, that's what really fucking matters. Uh, it's just like what you uh, what you it's like God's going to hold all of that into account. And 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 wager, you know, go go beyond grace and go. No, no, no. Sorry, there's just not. I can't do this. You didn't. 
you didn't acquiesce to the right um, ideology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you would have just believed like the guy down the street, you would have been fine. Yeah. 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 Have you seen the Come Sunday movie about Carlton Pearson? No, I haven't. Yeah, I've I heard need, it. I need to watch. Big it. fans of Carlton Pearson. Yeah, yeah, he's. It's cool because there's a part where where he's trying to explain to his congregation as they're you know just walking out the door, and he's like, "Look, if if you believe what you've always believed, then you know your God is a monster. He's he's worse yeah. than Hitler. He's worse than Stalin. You know." And yep, of course, yep. they're just like, uh, "You know, you're a heretic or whatever." But yeah. I mean, there is some truth to that to, to that kind of thinking, and I know people don't like that, but I I I just. It doesn't make sense. No. No. If God is love, then, you know, heaven's, which is hell, the, hell's empty. Which is the preeminent verse in Scripture. God is love. Well, and it's... Not know, it's, loving. He's, he is the very definition well, of Well, you know, love. everybody... You know, everybody... Like, American Christians hated, you know, the book Love Wins by Rob Bell. But, like, the question he asks in that, and this is an answer that... They don't have an answer for this. Mm-hmm. And the, the question that's just stuck with me and I could not get away from was, okay, so like the Bible is very clear that what God wants is for all people to be drawn to him. Yeah. When I am lifted up, I, I will draw all men to myself. So his question was, does God get what God wants? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a big question. Like, I'm not sure there's a bigger question than that. Yeah. You know, because that, that deals with the fundamental nature of who God is, what God is, and what God is like. And you know, I mean, that, and that was the interesting in the critiques. All the critiques that I I saw of that book or whatever, nobody ever even addressed that question, and that was the central question. Yeah, also, book. nobody read the book. Well, there's that too. There is yeah. that. Looking at you, John Piper. Yeah, um, they just they just watched a trailer for it. And yeah. Was like, Ugh. Yeah, you know, uh, my my wife and I, um, you know, we live in kind of a small town, and we had a local Christian bookstore, and so we had to special order the book because they weren't going to carry it, right? Oh no! Yeah, yeah. So so I (laughs) show up. They all got the memo. Yeah, so I show up to get the book. I get out in the car. You know, it's in a bag. I get out in the car. I pull it out of the bag, and they 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 put a note in the book. Oh, please tell me what it said. The note said. we have ordered this book for you as a special order item only. We do not condone or approve of the contents in this uh, book. Wow. Yeah, dude, there's this whole big thing. I've Even got though it. we haven't read it. Guaranteed yes. they never read it. Oh, no, so absolutely not. gladly take your money for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or hypocrisy only goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> oh, geez. oh, boy. Well, I mean, and that question is, is so relevant because... You can do uh, one of a couple things. You can either just ignore the question, which is intellectually dishonest. If you address the question, you come come up with two answers. One, if you say God doesn't get what God wants, that God is weak and He's not all powerful like you claim. If if God does get got what He wants, you have to address your entire outlook on the world and your entire theology, because including other religions, including other denominations including every tribe and tongue and nation you have to address that so it's it's at it least people in an uncomfortable place and i think that's why people just ignored it because it, it leaves you in an uncomfortable place you have to deal with either a weak god or a god that is too that is way bigger that is than way you, bigger than you, than you than way bigger than your tribe yeah yeah i, I don't know man i um those kinds of questions, they, they actually, you know, the, you can't even really have the conversation with some of those people. And I, no, no. yeah, I think I've moved past that of, 
But, you know, the funny thing is people want to know, and this is the hard part about deconstruction, and you mentioned it earlier. People want to know what you believe, and, and so much of the time it's like, I don't know. And yes. Yeah, I yeah. have no idea what I believe, you know? Yeah. I would say I don't even I, – I largely do not believe in the God that I believed in uh, five years ago, let alone ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, I don't believe in the God I believed in a year I ago. I don't believe like, in God as an entity. Like a, a being, as you describe yes, being, yeah. I, I would, I, I definitely fall in line with the Tillich description of God as the ground of being. Um, but even, even then, I think I'm just trying to put words onto something that, that, uh, well, like uh, you know, Richard Rohr says, makes me feel better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Richard Rohr says, like the only, the only language that religion is truly capable of is metaphor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but what we did is we took the metaphors and we were like, "That's one hundred percent literal truth." Yeah. And it's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like, yeah, you're talking about a nomadic people, oppressed nomadic people that that in their in the Eastern way of thinking, all you talk about is story and meta in story and yeah. metaphor. Like that's how you communicate everything. Yeah, and we just went, "Oh, God has eyes." Okay, what really like <laughs> like that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everything just became literal and. We lost all the nuance, and really, what I would say is the the beauty of what's in the scripture is is all of the you know the the beautiful poetry, the metaphor, the story that they used. You know, one thing that was a big a big deal for me was the book um, "Walking the Bible" by Bruce Feiler, yeah, Jewish guy who went to uh, the Middle East and he traced back. Um, kind of, he like went to like all these places. I need to reread those Ararat and all these yeah. different places, like. And he was riding with a, an Israeli Jew uh, who was kind of his tour – not tour guide, but like basically, basically yeah. kind of his chauffeur driving him to all these yeah. different places. And he said to the guy, do you believe in Noah's Ark? And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, do you believe that it actually happened? He's like, that's not the point. Yeah. You know, this is an Israeli Jew going, no, no, no. Like the point is what's the story trying to convey? Yeah. Like what's the story trying to tell you? Not – no, nobody believes this actually happened. Nobody here believes this. Yeah. All we're saying is that, that all you got to do is look at the story. Why is that story there? Yeah, you know, and that was man. I mean, that yeah. took out a few cards from yeah. the house. Well, like, I mean, you know, one of Rob Bell's first numas he did the tree. When I think he talks about the trees in the Garden of Eden, and he says the 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 truth of the Adam and Eve story isn't that it happened; it's that it happens. Yeah, like these stories are all happening. Every damn day in our lives. Hey, like, what, what was the point of the Noah's Ark story? Was it getting every time you get off a boat, you go get drunk? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> naked, playing yeah. ten naked. Yes, that's. I yeah. mean, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, that's it. So God, God, walk into God your likes crotch. mass genocide. Yeah. That was the moral of the story. Of God wants to kill everybody. And he kicked the dinosaurs off just the boat. Like him. That's right. That's how the dinosaurs went extinct. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not. what you don't see in Jurassic World. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Keep the ark away from that. Idea. Let's let let's. This horrific thing that God did in Noah's Ark. Let's, let's teach just, it to kids. Let's teach it to kids and paint their murals on their bedrooms. <laughs> Genocide followed by drunken nakedness. Give, give them Fisher Price play sets of the Ark, <laughs> or as we call it, a Friday night. <laughs> let's all celebrate the mass genocide of all humanity. Yes, except for in one family. Sounds like a party. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I heard somebody uh, talk about the, um, they heard their wife reading their child some Bible story, right? And the kid's like, okay, so did did that really happen? And the mother answered, well, you know, it, it doesn't matter whether it happened or not. What matters is it's true. 
And basically what she was talking about is what you were talking about. What, you know, what, what is the purpose of this story being here? Why is it here? What's, what are you supposed to take away from this? And I think, you know, you see that so many times. I, you know, one of the things that for me, as I deconstructed, or, and I guess I still am and maybe I always will be, but you start to come around. I mean, I even, you know, it's funny because we, we, uh, cross paths with, you know, Wiccans and, and other kinds of pagans and, and you start to realize, oh, you know, these people, um, they're pretty nice. They're, they're okay, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so, but one of the things I realized is in almost every religion, even the ones that are, you know, that we would call pagan or whatever, um, all of them have admiration for the man that is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I thought that was awesome. You know, Jesus as an individual, there's a ton of stuff to take away from what he said and did. Sure. Yeah, there's not, I mean, you know, especially if you read him in a, in, and, and you really understand that he was essentially a mystical political revolutionary. Yeah. When you look at it in his day, like, that's what was going on. Like, you don't, you don't get crucified by Rome by going with you. Believe in me, you go to heaven when you die. No, yeah. no empire is going to crucify you for that. They crucify you for going. My kingdom's bigger yeah. than yours. Oh, Caesar yeah. is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like you know what I'm saying. Like, so there's not a whole lot to object to for a lot of people if you really look at Jesus. And I mean, Jesus is essentially preaching love and nonviolence to a culture of hatred and violence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how is that? That's always relevant. It's always going to be to, relevant to the to the oppressed minority. Yes, going no, 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 no. You, you need to take the pack the extra mile. You that was another. Well, speaking of that, that was another huge section of my house that fell when I realized that the entire Bible was written by an oppressed people. Yep. Like it was written by the losers. It yep. wasn't written by. And they left in the bad parts. Yes, about themselves. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like that. I mean, it really should change the way you read the Bible. You know what I mean? Like things take on a whole new meaning when you realize they were written by people that were being utterly screwed forever. Like just by empire after empire after empire, it, like coming in trying to assimilate them to their own culture killing, raping, like, everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the entire Bible was written by the, the losers, the people that were... Like, history is... Wit- this is what's what I think is revolutionary about the Bible. History is written by the winners. Mm-hmm. The Bible was written by the losers, and it still stuck around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's significant. Yeah, it is. Very much so. Very significant. And Jesus was, like, the ultimate loser. Like, he was killed by, by the empire, and yet he... The New Testament's amazing claims are that no, he actually, like, made idiots of them. Yeah. Because he didn't let them win. Like, as he's hanging there being killed by them, he's saying... <laughs> okay, sorry, man. Do we, I don't know do what happened. we lost it? Yeah. Well, you were saying... You know, well, you were talking about Jesus, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus del Cristo. I was talking about the Bible, and I have no idea where I was at when I cut off. Well, but. basically, you you were saying that um, you were talking about how Jesus was this individual who was, based, you know, pissing off the government, and that's essentially yes. where we, you know, where I lost you. So okay, yeah, I mean, so like you don't like I don't know if like, if you got cut off or not, but. You know, the Roman government didn't kill people for going, oh, if you believe in me, you'll go to heaven when you die. Like, that's <laughs> just insane. Yeah. Like, yeah, they did care about insane. saying somebody is Lord besides Caesar. Though. Yes. 
Right, exactly. You know, so he's like Caesar, King, like, Jesus is Lord. That was the entire Christian like slogan for the first two centuries of the church. And what that meant was Caesar is not. Yeah. Like it was an inherently political statement, you know? And so when you, when you rip Jesus out of his context, it's really easy just to go, well, he wants to save you and you'll go to heaven when you die. If you say the prayer and it's like, but like, that's not what was happening. You know what I mean? Like that's not even close to what was going on. Yeah. So I don't know, but I think what's interesting, I think there's a movement back to that. You don't, and I think I think people find that appealing. People find back to the heart of worship, or, yeah, that's or back to the basics of life. Yeah, that too. <laughs> we need to get back to the basics of life. That point's over. What's your next question? <laughs> <laughs> the heart that is true. This is what Michael does. The heart is I do uh, Aaron Neville covers for him. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I like it. You no, should do that more often. <laughs> no, see, we do this shit every week. Don't encourage him. <laughs> what, what? Somebody? Are you drinking already? Oh man, we've been drinking oh, since God. the beginning. We've been hitting the whiskey the yeah. entire time, basically. So <laughs> drinking Blantons. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing about it, though. Is it's it's funny because you you know you fast forward how many years, and I have friends that are Calvinists that are that I love to death, but I hate the theology with a passion. Yeah. You know. And you end up being this person that's, you know, I mean, I don't know how much of this I'm, I should, it makes me look like a bad person, but you, you sit in the winery and you're like, okay, I got to sit in such a place that I can see who comes through the damn door. And yeah. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, good God, how did we get to this place where God, is, you know, this whole Christian religion thing just becomes ridiculous. Yeah. Well, we've distilled the entire message of Jesus, which once again was a radical political Movement. When I say political, I don't mean a political party. Mm-hmm. It was an like an inherently nonviolent political movement based on love and love alone. It was anti-empire. Yes, and we've distilled that down to impulse control, mm-hmm. sin management, and sin management. So, like, if you just don't with things that aren't even sin. If you just don't do these things, then you're fine. Morality police. Yeah, and it's like how like how boring. It's boring. How it is boring. Boring is that that like. How small that's is God the best. That that's have. the best God can do. Jesus uh-huh. died for that. Yeah, like he's hanging on a cross in agony, going, "Well, as long as people don't drink." Yeah. Well, what? but I'm hanging here if you do, though. Like what the yeah. hell? Like I, I mean, know you just, said I know you said shit that one time, but I'm hanging here just for that. Like, don't make me come off this cross right now. <laughs> you guys are quit freaking arguing about the color of the carpet. <laughs> Yeah, you I mean, can have a goddamn drum. You do in just a worship set. You do just <laughs> realize. I will come down from Michael, this cross right Michael. now. When you have the ability, when you start asking questions, you realize just how insane and ridiculous some of the stuff you grew up with. How mm-hmm. how insane it is. Yeah, I mean that that we've distilled the message down to something so petty and stupid and mm-hmm. puritanical. We, and, we've but we've what we've done is we've narrowed it down to paganism. Like, yes, it's. Your God is your God is going to be angry with you if you don't do X, Y, and Z. Yes, which yeah. is if what the ancients believe. Which is what the ancient people. Which is what pagans believe. Yeah. Like I mean, the the Neanderthals believe that superstition. Shit. Like, it's but if you do A, B, and C, God might he might be okay with you. Maybe, but you don't ever know. You don't ever know where you stand with the gods. And so you have Jesus come along and go, no, no, no. God has always been love. I'm showing you what God has always been. 
what God is now, what God was yes. in the beginning. I'm showing you exactly how it is, well, and how it is is that you have always been mine. A, a revelation. Everything, everything, that, everything I have has always been yours. A revelation to me was when I read. You know, you look at the beginning. You know, John one one. In the beginning was the Word. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. Like the Word was with God. The Word was God. Yeah. So then in First John it says that which was from the beginning. Yeah. Like so the New Testament writers are constantly going, okay, this Jesus thing, like this thing that has kind of turned the world upside down, uh, that that was God revealed in the flesh. That's how God has always been. Yeah. That's what they're trying to say. God was never violent. God It's not that God changed. God was never this violent, like, dickhead that we, that, like, all of a sudden, like, Jesus had to save us from drunk dad. Yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. they, no, no, they're trying to get the point across. No, no, no. This is how God has always been. God is love. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And it's just gotten distilled down into, well, just, you know, don't jerk off. Like, you can just not jerk off. Like, everything will be fine. Big, big old fail on that. We learned, I, I, am I right, guys? One thing we learned from Onan, it was don't jerk off. But, you know, like, as a, as a, a high school Christian boy, I remember, yeah. like, oh, sure. thinking, oh, my God, like, well, don't come back right now. Don't come back right now. I mean, or, yeah, right. Yeah, totally. Like, legit, that's not even a, that's not no, even a bit. not even a bit. That's like, a bit. literally, I mean, I remember feeling just deep shame at yeah. my sexual urges that I can't control that God apparently created me with. Yeah. You know, he created me to have a boner in, like, econ class for some <laughs> stupid reason. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, Brad, Brad, likes the, Brad likes the spreadsheets. I, I mean, <laughs> my econ teacher was pretty good looking, but like, oh my god, oh no! That's beside the point. Beep! <laughs> back no, up, back up, no, it was all the pie charts. But we've, we've just, that's right. <laughs> you know, but we've, we've just distilled all of that down into nothing. Like, yeah. The, the greatest thing has become the worst thing. Yeah. Somehow. Absolutely. Over 2,000 years, the greatest thing has become the worst thing. Yep. And as far as, like, uh, I, I don't know if you – you need to get a hold of Brian Zahn and have him on your pod, man. I think he probably would. Um, his stuff on penal substitutionary atonement, the whole idea that God had to say – or Jesus had to say I was from drunk dad and had to buy our freedom from drunk dad. Um, and then his stuff on empire and on nonviolence um, – Man, it's just it is. He's dead on the money with this stuff. It, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, if you if your listeners haven't if you, if you want a, a treatise on uh, on penal substitutionary atonement, why it's bullshit, just have people YouTube uh, Brian's on penal substitutionary penal substitutionary yeah. penal substitutionary atonement debate. He did a debate with a guy, and he levels the guy in his opening statement. It's like a fifteen minute opening statement, and he just levels the guy. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's funny because, and you, I know you guys have been through this, but, and it, the only word that fits is the word you used earlier. It's like, I remember sitting around thinking, and I even said this to my wife, is like, God just can't be that big of a dick. He just can't be, you know? I, know. I don't know how else you say it, but that's that's what it is. It's I like think that's how you be. say it. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I guess Zahn says that God, your God is a monster. Mm-hmm. Like a, a God that is, like, just so much on the edge of, like, anger and rage that, like, he had to kill his own kid in order to, like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that God is a monster. In order to be appeased, he had to kill his own kid. That is sick. Absolutely sick. You know, it's. 
I remember sitting in church. I was already de- I had been deconstructing for years, and I was still a youth pastor. Uh, almost on almost a burnout, almost on my way out of youth ministry. And I remember sitting in the back of church and listening to the preacher, who he was fine. He was a nice guy, but he was talking about forgiveness and how we should forgive people whether they ask for it or not, and how we should forgive people regardless of what they've done to us, which I think that's a great message, fine. But I remember having this revelation of um, why hold, why do we get, why do we hold ourselves to a higher standard than God? Yes. <laughs> like, God, like, we say of God, you'll be forgiven as long as you ask for it, as long as you ask for forgiveness, as long as you, you know, uh, beg and plead enough, or you're baptized, do all these things. But then we tell other pe- uh, people, humans, well, as long as you, you know, uh, you know, you, just, you should just forgive people unconditionally and love people unconditionally. So we hold ourselves to a higher standard than God. It makes no sense. Well, the First Corinthians, or you know, when it, it talks about what love is, and it's got all these things like keeps no record of wrongs. Yes. But but God is supposed to be love, but he doesn't yes. measure up to the Bible's yes. definition of love. It's just like it's confusing. It's insanely confusing. Yes. That was another big one for me, too, was see, understanding that God is love and then reading that passage going, God is patient, God is kind, God keeps no record of wrongs. Like, oh, wait, wait what? God keeps God no keeps record of wrongs. No wrong. oh, wait, what? Yeah. I mean, but then you look at some of the parables. I mean, you look at the parable... Like, a lot of the parables are Jesus going, yeah, God's a terrible businessman. Yeah. Like, if you're looking for somebody to keep a ledger book, God sucks at it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you to pay fair wages. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, all of that stuff is going, no, there's nothing fair. Like, everybody's just equal. Like, it's not some people work harder and they can earn this. Like, the whole thing is, no, no, no. God's economy is not a meritocracy. Yeah. Like, it's literally just grace all the way down. And the, the parables are, like, screaming that to us. And we're going, well, uh, uh, I was lost and now I'm found. I came running back and Jesus met me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm we just prodigal son. And all that stuff's fine, but it completely misses, like, the larger point of what's happening in this. Yes. Of what it's saying. I mean, the parables, the whole point of the parables were to be paradigm-shifting stories about the nature of God. And for your listeners who want parable, uh, we'll give a little advice here. Uh, the... Uh, Robert Farrar Capon, he's mm-hmm. the, uh, the late uh, Episcopal priest, wrote a series, three books on the parables of Jesus. They sell them as one. They volume. sell them as one. Kingdom, it's called Kingdom Grace Judgment, um, and he covers. Man, it's it was a, it was a game changer. Yeah, for me. it was for me. So Kingdom Grace Judgment, Robert Farrar Capon. Look it up. Yep. Wow, man, you guys are a wealth of information. You're, you're <laughs> way smarter than I thought you were. <laughs> That's a legit. Well, That's yeah. legit. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty fair. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you one more thing. Um, in, in you're throwing a lot of stuff out here, but um, and maybe maybe you never get maybe you never get this. But are there are there books that were really kind of life changing for you in this process? That that yep, yeah. can you can you tell me what they were? Gosh. We can, uh, we can send you a list. <laughs> we do have a list. I'm trying to think of like if I could nail it down to just. I can couple. tell you the first book that really started it for me was "Messy Spirituality" by Mike yeah. Iaconelli. That's where Michael looking, and I connected. His I would say that's the that's the shallow end of the yes. pool. But looking yeah. back, that was like my first like, oh shit. Oh, it's great. If you go back and read it, it's super tame in hindsight, but at the time, it's so revolutionary for me, and that was way. I mean. 
way, way, way early. Yeah. Um, let's see. Velvet Elvis by Rob Bell was huge for me at the time. Um, Fingerprints of God by Robert yeah. Farrar Capon was big for me. That blew my dick off. Yeah, that well, was metaphorically. Metaphorically speaking. Uh, <laughs> the only language that podcasts have is metaphor. Um, <laughs> especially ours. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, well, I mean, that Bruce Feeler book, I mean, like, yeah, Walking the Bible. Actually, he has kind of a, it's not really a trilogy, but Walking the Bible by, uh, what's his name? Bruce Feiler. Bruce Feiler, yeah. Abraham, Walking the Bible, and, uh, oh, man, blanking on it on the There's day. a third one. Keep talking, I'll look um, it up on Amazon. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I would also say uh, Blue Like Jazz, um, Ears is Full of Re- Revolution. It was before, before, <laughs> it was before, before Donald, Donald Miller's became a sellout. Yeah, before Don Mil- Donald Miller's. <laughs> yeah, those those were pretty. Uh, in, yeah, Ears is Revolution by Shane Claiborne was pretty revolutionary for us. Um, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the Rob Bell stuff, all his stuff was pretty revolutionary. Where God was born. Where God was born. Was the third one. Yeah, yeah, right. by Bruce Feiler. Yeah, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. We, I do. If you. Uh, after the show, shoot me your email, and I'll shoot you our pastor's recommendation list <laughs> that we could give to people okay. um, who, are, who are kind of into deconstruction type stuff or are on the beginning, the cusp of it. Because um, there's there's sort of a a list of deeper, or, you know, sort of start at the shallow end and work your way. Well, deeper. everything belongs by Richard Rohr. Yeah, was huge for me. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, um, uh, what is the Bible by Rob Bell is a good good current one yeah uh, that's absolutely yep. if i were to, to tell someone to read a book in fact i did recently do this and mailed them a copy of the book i said here read this you need to read start this. start there yeah um that's yeah that's where i'd start that's yeah a that's a good one stuff distilled down into like one book yes it's a lot of his it's almost his entire this is manifesto it's yeah it really is like that's a really good word for it yeah yeah absolutely. he does that well that, yes. that's something he, he does really information well really well yeah yep. Well, all right, man. I know you guys got a bunch of stuff you're doing tonight. You're you're gonna you're gonna record here in just a few moments, right? Nope. Tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna do it tomorrow. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So yeah, it can... would be a very long night. Otherwise, I've still got like a third of a glass of whiskey. If you want to keep talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whiskey. Oh man, it's it's good stuff, man. It really is. Yeah. So, what do you what I I hate to ask, but what is that? What you guys are drinking tonight? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brad and I have done Weller's, Weller Antique from uh, Buffalo Trace, mm. and Blanton's, yeah, had which Blanton's. is like a single barrel that is really hard, hard to find. I also had some uh, wine from Cedar Did Creek you? Winery. We have a local winery and a brewery that's amazing here. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally five minutes from my house. Yeah. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I uh, We have a ton of wineries around us, and... Uh, Man, I, what, so what? What is your preference of wine? You like you guys like red or white or what's your story? I'm a red guy. Yeah, I don't do too. much wine. If I do, I do like a riesling or like a probably a more of a white for me. Yeah, I like red. Um, I also like Moscato quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like if I had to choose a red wine, I would choose like a Rioja, which is like a Spanish yeah. wine. It's a little spicy, yeah. kind of like those. So I would choose strawberry wine. That's, of course, you would. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you know, we don't even have a soundboard, and he's still obnoxious. I, you know what you guys need to do? You guys need to write a book for oh, people man. that are, uh, uh, you know, Christians 
that are becoming uh, people who drink alcohol. Because, you know, the funny thing about it is uh, if you haven't done it for 20 years and then you get on the scene, and, and I realize this is for for men who probably aren't uh, secure in their masculinity, but I had to Google, like, okay, what drinks can a guy order? You know what I mean? You know what? Here's the thing. You order whatever you tastes order whatever good the fuck you. you want. Yes. Order whatever tastes good. Yeah. Don't buy into any of if that. If you want an Appletini, get a goddamn Appletini. Yeah, like, or drink nine chocolate martinis. Yeah. Okay. Drink a mojito. They're delicious. I will yeah, say I mean, white, white Russians, that's the way to go, too. Those are good. I'll give you that. Yeah, so, don't, don't buy into the manliness thing, no, man. Like, drink what you want. Whatever tastes good, drink that. Well, Masculine is a myth. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. So, we were we were someplace a couple months ago, and my wife ordered a Cosmopolitan. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I want. And so the waitress was like, well, I'll bring you a Cosmo. And I said, okay, you can bring me one of those, but don't bring it in one of those sissy glasses. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a man glass, so nobody knows what I'm drinking. Yeah. You know, put a brown paper bag. That'd be great. Give me the, give me the, the, the glass. Give me the umbrella. Give me the whole yep. nine yep. I don't care. Absolutely. Uh, you guys are still evolved. Sure drinks like that, and I don't, I don't apologize for any of them. Nope. <laughs> I've had tiki I've umbrellas. I've had all kinds of shit in my drinks. Yeah. Well, so you guys really are free. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, good Wait for up. you. I'm working on it. I'm working. I do the, I'll do the apple teeny. I don't have a problem with that. But hey, if you're not thinking bars, man, you ought to come over. I should. Yeah. You know what? I, actually, I think I'm only about three hours from you guys. We're coming from like California and Oregon. So you have no excuse. Minnesota and yeah, Canada. Yeah, wow. we do have a few people going from Canada. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll come over. I. Um, yeah. I might do that. So it's. Yeah. I, I was looking at it the other day, but I don't remember when it is in March. Mm, neither do we. Damn question. I'll be there when my Google alarm goes up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the Pastors podcast. It's uh, the 23rd. Yes, March 23rd. I was about to say, man, all your answers are just a little cryptic. Even this one. That, that's interesting. <laughs> we are very mysterious. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. <laughs> if I'm mysterious, mysterious, we mean half drunk. So. <laughs> nah, yeah, I'm all right. I'm fine. I can walk a straight line. I can drive ten feet down the road. Yeah, you know it's funny. The first the first podcast I listened to you guys, and I don't remember who it was, but one of you guys were jogging, and you that was had me. Uh, yeah, Matt's, Matt's jogging is famous. <laughs> so you pulled a muscle or something, and you had promised you were going to jog every day. And you started to tell oh, your yeah. story, and on came Sarah McLaughlin, and yeah. it was yeah. classic <laughs> moment. Was the first Sarah yeah, McLaughlin. The first one. Yeah. I, I right. intentionally. I also made a clip of him saying what he would do, yeah. and then and, oh. and played that song as well. Like, if you ever wonder why I hate both of these assholes, <laughs> just start there and work your way forward. I think that was the Derek Webb episode, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I, you know what? I have looked for I that damn episode. What episode is I, it? What? I don't I even know. Even I could not even. Man, we've done you. like 153 or something at this know. point. I can't remember. Man, for what we talked about last I've week, I've slept so. and drank since. Then. Yeah, <laughs> one of the best. One of the I best. I remember that though. I am back to working out though, so that's good. Well, for about two weeks. No, 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 no. The cholesterol's too high. I've got to. Well, hey, you're on Lipitor. It's fine. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> fat caramel. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Well, all right, man. Hey, th- guys, I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. I know it's, uh, I know you're busy and, and uh, all that kind of stuff, but man, I really do appreciate it. 
Should, no problem. Should we close with prayers? <laughs> I think we'll pass on that right now. But yeah, offering. <laughs> Should we recite the Apostles' Creed together? Is that what we want to do? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. You go first. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys, hang on the phone just for a second. I'm going to close this out. So everybody, everybody listening, hey, just hang around for a moment, and I'll meet you on the other side of the music. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for joining me, man. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. I really had a, I, I really had a great time doing it. And they are, uh, they are some guys that I really wanted to have uh, on my podcast just for the sake of having them. And also, uh, you know, I listen to them every week, and every week they are just absolutely hilarious. And uh, yeah, so I, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Again, you can check them out. Um, ingloriouspastors.com plus they're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram all of that alright guys, so I am headed out of here remember, find me online share me online I greatly appreciate it and thank you for being a part of this podcast love you guys, see ya done done